Father, we worship you. We glorify your holy name. There is none like thee. Ancient of days, glorious God, majesty, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. There is none like thee. King of kings, Lord of lords, we worship you. We ascribe all greatness to thee. Thine is the kingdom, Lord, we worship you. We have gathered unto you today to fellowship with you. To be with you. Father, we worship you. Lord, take over. Have your way. Speak to your people. Talk to us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our topic today says the offering given that pleases the Lord. That gladdens his heart. Not just an offering, not just the giving, but the one that makes him happy. The one that he receives and he's glad. Hallelujah. And we are taking a, a Bible reading from Genesis chapter 8. So that through this we will understand how to give God a pleasant offering. Praise the Lord. So 8. And I read from verse 20. The Bible says that then Noah built an altar. Then after the flood had ended. And the entire earth was wiped away and it was just Noah and his family. And if you read through the period of the time that the ark was on the water, Noah kept sending out probably a dove and then some other thing to find out when the water will dry away from the surface of the earth. In my heart, I believe that sometime in there in the ark, Noah could feel that, will this thing ever end? So when it all ended... Noah did what? He built an altar to the Lord and took off every clean animal. So for me, it's almost like a thanksgiving offering, saying thank you God for, you know, sparing my life. When I was reading through here, I came to where the Bible says of every clean bird. Every. I, I like to, when I read the scriptures, that um, no word is left understood or untorned. I don't gloss over words. So I said, every clean bird. How can that be? Every clean bird. That means none will remain. You know, every clean animal. None will remain. Seriously. Think about it. All he had there. That means he slaughtered all the clean ones. And you know, he took one of this and one of that. So I went to search, you know, read the Greek, or rather the Hebrew form of that word. And it's Mine. And I started looking at other translations. And I, I saw there, you have Mine. They translated it as Mine and they translated it as Kol. Now, Mine had part of. Now, that made more sense. Part of every clean animal. Part of every clean bed. Out of. Among. From. Praise the Lord. And I said, okay, now I understand it better. So, when you study the word, 
be a true scholar. Praise the Lord. So, every clean animal and every clean bed and of and offered burnt offerings. So you can understand, a monk, he took some and offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. The word soothing is calming. Calming, you know, calming. And aroma is like a sweet scent. Imagine when you come back from work and you're very hungry. You're very tired. And my best meal is rice and and stew. So I walk into the house and I smell this very sweet stew cooking, you know. Praise the Lord. And my mouth will start to salivate before I even sit down. So for God, it was wow. Noah touched his heart. Do you think that Noah gave because he was expecting to receive anything from God? Noah was just saying thank you. Just thank you. It wasn't about what he was going to get. And because of the aroma, then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again cause the ground for man's sake. Praise the Lord. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Yeah, I know that man, his imagination is bad. But I will never again cause the ground for man's sake. Now will I again destroy every living thing as I have done? And what follows that is, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Praise the Lord. Many times this place has been used to preach the message of you sow a seed, you reap. So you give, you receive. But if you read this place in context, what do you see? Because of Noah's offering, God said that the earth will do what? Will remain. I won't destroy it. And if the earth is to remain, there will be what? Seed time and harvest. There will be light, there will be darkness, there will be day, there will be night, there will be warmth, and there will be cold. So that your plants will what? Who grow. This is about the earth's self-worth sustenance. Praise the Lord. So let's go to a scripture. I just said this so that we'll understand what this place means. Okay. So let's go to a place that we again used to, you know, understand that we should give. Let's go to Luke 6. Luke chapter 6. I read from verse... 31. The Bible says, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Praise the Lord. So I get the understanding that this portion that God is trying to talk about is a relationship between who and who? Between who and who? Man and who? Man. Praise the Lord. Not necessarily a relationship between God and who? Man. But you relating with your fellow man. That as you want a man to do unto you, do unto men likewise. 
But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Still again, relationship between who? Man and man. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For evil sinners do the same. In other words, if I only give to those who give to me, it's of no benefit as such. It is not like righteousness because evil sinners do the same. And God is not like that. That's what he's trying to say. And we'll see soon. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you for even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back? But love your enemies. Do good and lend hoping for, hoping for, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be what? Great. And you will be who? Sons of the Most High. In other words, this is the way I behave. That's what God is trying to say. That I give to every person. Whether you're going to give to me back or you're not going to give to me back, this is the way I behave. I'll give gifts. Praise the Lord. Sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. The Bible now says, give. And it will be given to you. Good measure. Some, some translations will say, give. And shall men what? Give to you. Men give to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Praise the Lord. Like I said, when you start reading this from the beginning, you understand that what? It's what a relationship between who? Man and man. So, you give to man, man will do what? Give back to you. Uh, when I was, a long time ago, when I was younger, I was a medical officer then, and I wanted to join the Rotary Club. Uh, I had heard some people tell me then that, you know, you make contacts, network. So, the government, all those big, big people, they were all in the road trip club. So, I said, okay, I'll go and join. Maybe I'll get to know some of them and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So, along the line, I, I mentioned it to Dr. Picado then. We were driving together. I was, was in my car. So, he told me, I am, forget all that. Rather go and advance your career. Become a consultant. That as a medical officer, you walk in there, nobody will recognize you. Nobody knows you because they don't need anything from you. They will not extend their hand of friendship to you. They don't need you. But advance your career and become a big shot too. And they start needing you. Then you now see some of them will reach out. I'm so sorry. So I want to know you. Praise the Lord. So shall men give back to you? And so I had this man then that, well, me being a doctor, I was attending to him and he liked it so much. And he started giving me gifts. Every Christmas he will bring one huge thing. And every Christmas I'll go and package one huge thing too. 
we kept giving and it kept growing like this. I would get the fattest ram with very long horns. I knew I was going to get a huge gift as well from back from him. In fact, when I had my first son, this man came all the way from Abakalik and gave my son 200,000. How, how much do you ever give to people when they have children? 200,000 naira. He helped me get a land in Abakaliki. Praise the Lord. Press down, shaking together. You give to men, men will give to you back. This is a relationship between man and what? Man. We'll get to relationship between God and man. I need you to understand that. God started first by telling you that you give to people that you're not expecting anything in return. So he can be telling you here that, okay, uh-huh, if you package well, I will also package well. He can be saying that. That would be like, I said one thing and it's the opposite. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. He can't tell you that this is me, behave like me. I give to bad men, I give to unthankful people that will not even say thank you. Not to give you back. They will not say thank you. I give to them. He can't be saying that and now say, okay, uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be children of the Most High. We're going to look at um, relationship, you know, with God. Like, the way we now relate with God. We had talked about relationship with man. And uh, I want to tell you that God is a giver. Praise the Lord. God is a giver. Hallelujah. So, let's get to Genesis chapter 1. We'll see. You know, um, if we understand certain things, it will help you to give. We don't give because we don't understand. That's actually the thing. When we begin to think, then we don't understand. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. I want to ask you people a question. What do you think is the reason for creation? Like um, the sun, the planetary bodies, all those things, the Milky Way galaxy. Why did God create all those? Okay, we'll see. So 1 verse 14, I start reading. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament. That's like stars. You know, I talked about the galaxy. Of the heavens, so to divide the day from the night, and let them be signs and seasons and for days and years. In other words, he created these things for years, days, and for seasons, and for what? Signs. And let them be for lights in the firmament and heavens to give light on where? On where? The earth. Praise the Lord. So in other words, God made all these stars you see for the purpose of who? The earth body. Praise the Lord. All the firmaments, like if you look at night, you see the constellation. They were all made for who? For the earth that we live in. Praise the Lord. Just for the earth. So, you see the earth and all of them move around. Um, it made me to understand that when God asked Job a question, where did I lay the foundation of the earth? Finally, I understood it. God laid the foundation of the earth in all that. How? How? 
All of them have different gravitational pull. Do you understand that? The moon has its own. All the planetary bodies, they have a pull that they exact. And he suspended them in a space that things float and they have their different gravitational pulls. Do you understand that? So, once they maintain that, the earth is anchored where it is. Praise the Lord. It's anchored. It doesn't fall off. It doesn't bitter to one side. And one of the days I was listening to a documentary and they said that the moon is gradually receding from the earth. The moon has its own path that is gradually receding from the earth. And so scientists say that what that means is that that the moon stabilizes the earth in its orbit. The moon, the earth turns like this and then goes round the sun as well. So it's spinning. So what suspends it that it spins just okay, that it doesn't wobble when it spins? That is the moon. Praise the Lord. Say that if it continues to recede, the earth will begin to wobble. And if it begins to wobble, that one day there will be snow in Cairo. And the Antarctica, all those ice caps will begin to melt. Praise the Lord. So I finally understood. So simple as a matter of fact. Alright, that God made all this. You know, I read the word science. Science for earth. Meteorologists will look at several planets, will tell you that there will be a storm in so and so place. That, so watch out in so and so number of days, you see a rainfall. Science. And tell me the best timepiece, by the way. Do you think it's your wristwatch? No. Your wristwatch tries to marry the timepiece God set in the firmament. Day and night. And so you travel from here to uh, Far East, uh, China and all that. The time zone differs completely because of the position of the earth to the sun. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you need to begin to reset your time, by the way. Amen. Why did God spend all that energy in making the earth? So let's continue down from where we read. Uh, okay, so, and let them be of no. So 16, then God made two great lights, the great light to rule the earth the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. The, God set them in the firmament, and of the heavens. Let's go to 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply in the, on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle and according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. God has not said that he made the earth for these things. Do you understand that? He was just making them. We'll see why he made them. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion. Over the fish of the sea. Over the birds of the air. And over the cattle, over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male, female, he created them. Then God blessed them. 
And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Subdue it means use its natural resources. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and of every living thing that moves on the earth. And God says, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which, and so on. So God made the earth for man. The reason for creation is man. Praise the Lord. It's like God has a throne in heaven. The heaven is mine. And God made another kingdom and named another God. That God is his son and that is man. Praise the Lord. And he put man there. Hallelujah. And he made all these things for man. Think about it. From the creation, think about all the stones. Whether gold, he knew from time that you would need them. You know, I was looking at this glass. All of them while I was seated there. And I said, what kind of stone did they use to make them? That one time God knew that we would build houses with glasses that would be transparent that we could see through. And he put them there. Hallelujah. You think about your phone that you used to make a call. And it's, I understand it's magnetic wave. that, And even the MRI for doctors is magnetic whatever. So he knew we were going to need them one day. And he put them there. You know, the Bible says that eyes have not seen, neither has it entered the mind of man, what God has proposed for his people. It's not just for when we get to heaven. It starts here. Praise the Lord. You touch your car during the dry season. What does it do? It shocks you. I don't know whether you've experienced it. It will give you a little shock. And then you see a lightning flash and maybe a tree will catch fire, a house will catch fire. Electrocution. Praise the Lord. Meaning that electricity was on earth from creation. Man never found out until how many years after the death of Christ. Eyes have not seen. We don't even, we haven't even seen how far the mind of man can create things. Praise the Lord. Do you understand that? He thought of things that you and I could never, ever, ever imagine. And as time goes by, we keep finding them. Praise the Lord. I can talk on and on about his creation. He made beautiful things that when you come out, for people that love nature, you see a beautiful mountain. You see a waterfall. For who do you think is for God? It's for man. That he gave you everything. Everything. So when you're talking about if I give to you, give me back. What are you going to give him back? Okay, now so I give to him and you, he has already given you all things that pertain to life and what? Godliness. So, so you talk about health. Let me tell you the truth. One man of God will tell you that. God will not heal you. Why? Because he had already what? Healed you. Hallelujah. When Christ died and he said, it is finished. In other words, I've done it all. All you need to do is reach out, open the door, Take your healing. Including wealth. He has done everything. That's why he said that through the knowledge of him, Christ, if you understand how to tap in, it's yours. Do you know you sleep and God is awake watching you. Bible says that he neither sleeps and like I told you, I like to read the Bible in parts. Why would he just stop asleep? Why would, he, why would he then add, neither does he slumber? So I looked up in the dictionary, and slumber means being dormant, and being restful and quiet. 
like a dog, you know, lying down, the eyes are closed. But the dog is a lad, though. But you know, a sneaky thief may come in while the dog is like that. So the Bible says that God doesn't sleep and he doesn't what? Slumber. His eyes are open. And I hear people say that the devil doesn't want to let me be. So God is slumbering. Praise the Lord. The other day, um, my name came out in the park claim board that I was appointed. So I said, let me go collect a letter, a letter of appointment. So I went to the office. Now, our first help suddenly said that she wanted to get married and so left us. So we had to go get another person, a new person. And that's why they're staying with us. So that day, everybody, my wife had left. In fact, the, the, the night before that day, that's the, the night, my, my last son, three-year-old boy, was coughing and started wheezing. And we all were kept awake, my wife and I. We had to pass a cannula. That's something you pass into the vein to administer drugs. So we were giving him IV push of drugs. And um, how to also use a kind of spacer to push in, you know, uh, Ventoline to open up his airway so that he could breathe. That would battle through the night and by morning he was a bit better. So my wife left for work and the other kids, they were taken to school. So it was just the boy, myself and the help. Now that is the day I traveled to Oka. I was working in Oka before this appointment. So I was to go to Oka that day. I had packed my bag. I debated in my mind, should I pick my bag to pack lane, pick the letter, and then off to Oka? Or should I leave the bag, after it's not far from my house, go to pack lane, pick the letter, come back, pick my bag, and leave? So I chose the second one, that that's what I was going to do. Now I got to the office, they told me, go see one person, I saw that person, and I sat down. The person said that she would need to go and get information from somebody. She took almost 45 minutes, and I sat there waiting. And... You know, you'll be stewing. Why is this person keeping me? Finally, she appeared and told me that the letters are not ready yet. That uh, they will do whatever, whatever. So I said, okay, off to Oka. So I was now to go back home, pick my bag and leave for Oka. While I was going home, I saw that help. Dressed well. Had my son's knapsack on her bag. And she was leaving the house. Had gone quite some distance. I imagined if I had gone there and the lady just told me, no, come back later. I would have gone home, picked my bag and I left. If maybe I had been delayed a little bit longer, she would have passed that place and I wouldn't know. But in any case, I saw her there. So I asked her, Jesus, where are you going to? She said that uh, she wants to go and collect her phone. So I asked her, where is he came? She said in the house. With who? Alone. I didn't even wait to hear the rest. I raced back to my house. The door was open. A boy of three. I ran into the room. He was watching television. Imagine if Nepa takes their regular life. You know where that girl was going to? Ugwaji, from here. Her village. So that would be, could be about four hours before she would come back. And my son would be all there alone. A child of three that was sick. Now, God does not sleep. Nor does he what? Slumber. A friend of mine once told me that he was in his house and suddenly somebody tapped him. Lock your window. 
And he said, oh, leave me alone. The tap came again a second time. He said, leave me alone. When he came the third time, he had to get up. Of course, there was nobody in his house. He locked the window. Shortly after locking it, he heard wah, wah, wah on the window. Oh, so you saw us coming and you locked your window. We are going to deal with you today. If you don't open this window and we break it in, huh, your body. He said the confidence he had in him was that the person that told him to lock the window, that there's no way they were going to break down that window. And of course, they didn't break it down. They left. And then, that went. Then again, one day he was in his house. And he woke up to a commotion because it was an eye house. He didn't really have money. And they were stealing from room to room to room to room. And he was hearing his neighbor screaming. They were flogging him with a flat of a knife because he had little money in his house. There he himself was imagining he had only 130 in his own pocket. What they were going to do to him. And while he was there, suddenly he was in a trance. And he saw himself in a big hall. And a figure was at the podium, kind of seated down. He couldn't make out the face. Well, it represented God to him. And then another figure was railing accusations on him. He was a devil, saying, allow us to torture him that for this he did, for that he did. Let's just his flesh suffer. So after a while, the figure that was like God asked him, what do you have to say for yourself? What did he say? But I'm your son. You know, so many of us will begin to say, but I did the other one, I did the other one. Those are filthy rags before God. Praise the Lord. He said, but I am your son. That was all. His case was closed. He saw himself back in the room and he saw two figures with him there. He said the commotion now came to his own door and they were arguing. One said, let us go. One said, we've not stolen from this room. They kept arguing. Their leader came and said, what is it? They mentioned, he said, but the time is gone, let's go. That he himself now was taking the people that were hurt to the hospital. After that, he packed out of that place. So, eyes have not seen. You don't know this God. If you understand him, you can't withhold anything from him. Nothing. Praise the Lord. So, what is the reason for man? If we go down to the same Genesis 1, 26 to 30, we'll see the reason for man. The reason for man is who? Is God. Praise the Lord. The reason for man is God. You know, many times, the Bible will say that in the cool of the day, that God will come down. For who? <laughs> to just be with Adam. Adam was his son. Was his son. To just be with Adam. Do you think then Adam will be saying, God, give me this. God, give me that. Uh, God, the other person insulted me. Mm-mm. They were what? How excellent are your ways, daddy? You are so awesome. And God will look and say, Adam, this is a helpmate fit for you. I know your heart. Praise the Lord. It was a relationship. That's what God wants. Not necessarily your money. Not necessarily your services. It's you. Your heart. Your soul. Your mind. That's why the first commandment is that, that you will serve the Lord with who? All your heart, mind, soul. Do you know why? Once he has your mind, he has everything. He has everything. Praise the Lord. You know, 
One day I was listening to one message. It was Shelly Caesar singing and, um, to a, a gospel music. And she said um, that her, her nephew, her nephew just went into the room and brought out a paper and was writing on it. And said, for mowing the lawn, you're going to pay me $5. You know, imagine your son doing that. For washing my clothes, my own clothes, not yours, $2. You know, being a good boy, that is it. For bringing back a good report card, kept listing all the things, all of them. And at the end, he totaled it. Uh, Some of what you're owing me, mommy, is this. Do we have that kind of attitude towards God? Do we? You know, when you go out for evangelism, you feel good. God, you're owing me. You know, I did this. So, I mean, or maybe when you pray and you say, God, I've done well, you put yourself. And the mother took the thing, turned the back, and wrote, For carrying you for nine months in my belly, no charge. For waiting up, you know, I've not. A baby, I'm a father, I've seen what it can be. One of the things I dread most, when the last was given birth to, I said another nightless, sleepless night. You just be rocking the baby and you need to stand up and walk around. If not, the baby will start yelling. So for doing all that, no charge. For wiping, I, I watch my wife put her nose, her mouth against the nose to suck out the secretion because the baby cannot blow and spit it out. And they will poop on you, urinate on you, everything, no charge. For teaching you, no charge. And the sum of my love for you is what? No charge. The boy, of course, cancelled his own. So, God has given you everything. God has given me everything. Yesterday I stood somewhere, you know, a project that we're executing, and I looked around. I said, I told my wife that that God has amazed me. He has done beyond my wildest dreams. That when we started this, this is not the picture I saw. You know, because if you want to create something, you imagine, you put up a picture, that the picture I'm seeing is far beyond what I imagine. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So, God wants your heart, not necessarily your money, your service, your all that. That's what he wants. You. Praise the Lord. So, let's see. So, it's a ministration to to him that he's after. Not necessarily, um, uh, not, let me say it this way. God is not an addition, an add-on. Do you understand it? He's not an add-on. He is a centerpiece. So when you minister to him, he's the very thing. Not think about Mary and Martha. Remember in the Bible, Mary Martha. Martha was around doing things obviously for God. But Mary knew the hearts and sat at the foot of Jesus. And Martha said, Master, is it not anything to you that my sister is not helping out? And Jesus said that, Martha, 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 that you are overly concerned about nothing and things that do not matter. That Mary has found 
the real thing. And nobody's going to take it away from her. Praise the Lord. The way to give that pleases God is David's way. So who will learn the way David gave? It's David's way. That will help us to understand how to give. And as our harvest approaches, it's not just something you do on a, on a yearly thing. It's a lifestyle. It's the way David gave. And you can now understand why God looked at David and said that this is what? A man after my heart. Oh, this is a man that has given me his heart. Praise the Lord. This is a man that I have come to know as my son. So let's go to Second Samuel 7. And I read from verse 1. Now it came to pass, when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? I will read through this. I really love it. That when you read through it, you will understand that God became all emotional. He, his heart was touched. He became all emotional. You know, because of the things he said here and the way he said them. He said, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house in the time that I brought the children of Israel off from Egypt. I've been dwelling in tents. Even to this day, since I've been dwelling in tents. But have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. He's not saying that he doesn't want it to mind you. That's not what God is saying here. He's saying that nobody has thought about it. And he has never burdened anybody anyway. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? I've never. I've never bothered any person. I've never tried to, okay, you must do this. So sometimes, learn the heart of God. Now, therefore, first shall you say to my servant David. That will tell you he's not saying that I, I don't need those things. But he was trying to say that for you to have thought about it, David. For you to have, you know, in your quietness, considered me, your God. In your quietness. Ah, just imagine all that God has done for me. Like I said, that harvest is coming. All that he has kept me alive. He has done that. He has protected me. As I move from place, he has advanced me and all that. Hi. For you to have thought about it. So, now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus the Lord of hosts. I took you from the sheepfold. God wanted to just remind David of all the things he did. Because some of us sometimes forget and think that uh, we just arrived where we are. Uh, by all our strength. You know. Uh, yes, I do this. And 
you know, I, I, I'm a big man, I'm a professor, I'm a beautiful lady, I'm, 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 I'm a very intelligent man, all by myself. says, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone. You know what, wherever you have gone, anywhere. And so with you too, my brethren. And have cut off all your enemies from before you and have made you a great name. There was no name like David before. I hope you know that. When the prophet then Samuel came to the house, the father didn't even recognize David. The father, you know, how bad it could be that your own father <laughs> considered you not. Brought out tall sons and all that and David was not considered amongst the ones that could rule. So, whoever you are, God knows you. Praise the Lord. And made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own. Now I'm talking about Israel. And move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any, anymore as previously. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. Praise the Lord. I told you that he was all emotional about it. You said you build me a house? I'll make you a house. I'm the one that's going to build you a house. Eh, David, don't worry. I'll show you. Praise the Lord. I'll show you. So, though I say that it's not good measure as per men press together. When you give to God, do not expect anything in return. What will you expect in return? So, if I give him V-boot, he gives me another very clean V-boot. Do you understand it? The thing is, think about it. If this house is leaking and God says I am his heir joint heir with Christ in other words God didn't call me a servant a far away he said I am his son so it is what our roof that is leaking so God says my kingdom is it his kingdom it is our kingdom. Praise the Lord. It is our kingdom. If you should read through the accounts of David, when David was raising money for that temple, David was not saying, let us build a house for our God. David was saying, let us build a house for my God. Let's build a house for my God. He kept saying, my, 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 all through. I wonder that the people didn't correct him. This God is not only for you. Praise the Lord. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul whom I removed from before you. 
and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Here, I think that God was getting messianic, if you understand what I mean. When he was talking about your throne shall be forever, it was Jesus Christ now, the son of David. He had talked about Solomon, Jesus, established forever. Praise the Lord. According to all these words and according to all these visions, so Nathan spoke to David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. He couldn't stand. He couldn't stand. He sat and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? Who am I? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? Praise the Lord. God wants you, everything you have, your mind, your soul, your body, your money. Praise the Lord. But you. You. So he is the centerpiece of your life. I think that we created these problems. You know, when we start preaching to people to repent, he said that um, for God so loved the world, we will meet the love of the world a bit. We won't stress on it. That he gave his only begotten son. Again, you just mention it and move on. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. Praise the Lord. So he starts stressing the hellfire thing and perish. It's love that took away those. So somebody now grows up with the image that God is his adversary. I don't know whether you understand me. That God is the one opposing you. Praise the Lord. And we fail to understand that God is our father. I bought two granuts and I was going to give my mom one and I will keep one for my children. They love it. And at night my son kept saying, give us one. Now. Okay, give big mama this one. I told him I will think about it. So in the morning he said, have you changed your mind? I asked him, what am I to you? And he said, you're my father. I said, do you think I will withhold anything from you? And he said, no. I told him that from the beginning, one was meant for you people. Praise the Lord. And so I met a young boy of 15 in the hospital. He had done something wrong and it caused him some psychological problem, guilt and all that. And I asked him, do you think God loves you? Do you know what this guy said? No. Because he was operating from a position of guilt. I asked him, do you think your parents love you? He said, yes. But he said that God does not love him. I had to begin to change that perspective. Praise the Lord. So, we have come to a place that what we look at and what we... we, we that we don't understand the heart of God. Praise the Lord. If you understand him, you run to him. See, this young man was running away from God. But see, David, when he does something wrong, what does he do? He rushes to God. Slay me if you will. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, and you now see preachers. I was in a crusade. And the man opened his mouth and said that, one particular man was to travel. He went and brought big money. He closed his account, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And he traveled and he had an accident. The car was wrecked, but God spared his life. And that God spared his life because of the money he gave. 
How dare you? Praise the Lord. How dare you? So we see God as the adversary. We need to cajole him. We need to lobby him. We need to, if not, praise the Lord. And this wonderful song that I know, Agam, Genekam, Geheji, Toro Chuku Mama, Genekam, Geheji, Toro Chuku Mama, Agameji Aja, Aja de Roma, Agameji Tuntu Adrom, Agameji Bambam, Nabambam, Natanchal, Agameji Obim, Toro Chuku Mama. And a man of God, probably his own understanding, rubbish the song. I say, uh, it's people that want to, don't want, that are misers. Come on, give to God. What is so biggie? Praise the Lord. So God wants you. God wants your heart. God wants the whole thing. He doesn't want any other thing but you. You are the very sole purpose of his creation. My child, my son. Praise the Lord. But you see, if you are not born again, you've not started this work that we are talking about. If you have not known him and given your life to Christ, you're still far away. So you must know him to even implement what we've talked about, to receive the kind of David's blessing. Praise the Lord. Let us close our eyes. So if you are here and you know in your heart that you don't know this God that we are talking about. That you are not born again. That you don't have a personal relationship with him. It's you and God. And we'll pray with you. Just lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand if you know that you do not know him. Just stand up. You know, at the end, you're going to stand before God. Praise the Lord. If you know you don't know him, I do not think that this is a thing of shame. This is a wonderful thing. This is the best choice that any man can make. This is the very best choice that any man can make. So you should be proud. You should be, oh wow, I want this God. We're praying. You're praying for yourself as well. You're responding to the message of God. David said, for the power, the glory, the kingdom, all that I have, they all come from you. Will you want to respond to God also yourself? My life is from you. My lifetime, I will give God my lifetime. My lifetime. I will give God my lifetime If I give God my lifetime He will take care of me He will never, never let me praying for yourself. Have you really given God your lifetime? Have you given him freely? Have you given him your heart? Can you respond to him willingly without looking back unto what is remaining? Substance, spiritual service. The three S's. Tell the Lord I respond to you this time. 
And you who are standing, the Bible says, if you believe with your heart the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're confessing with your mouth, you shall be saved. For with the heart we believe unto righteousness. We know we are sinners, and we'll confirm that Jesus died for us. But with the mouth we'll confess unto salvation. Therefore, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I know you died for me. You gave your life on the cross for my sins because you loved me. While I was still in sin, in my old life, you died for me that I may know you and love you and serve you in truth and in spirit. I'm sorry for my past life. Sorry for my sins. I come to you this morning with all my heart and I return. I repent from my sins and I forsake them. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my past and make me your child. Thank you for hearing me in Jesus' name. As many as receive you, to them you give the power to become your children, who we are born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. Lord, let that life, that change that you bring, that no one understands, but we see the spiritual effect made manifest. Let the old life pass away. Let all things become new. Let there be a change and a witness in the heart that she belongs to you. And Father, the power to live for you and to live rightly and to hate sin and say no to works of ungodliness. Thank you as you do so in the name of Jesus Christ. And thank you, Lord, as you write our name in the book of life and grant our joy unspeakable. Peace that passes all understanding. Standing on the right side with you and living unto eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you. As we commit our life unto you, as we see you in a new perspective, what shall we give unto you? Who are we that you are mindful of us? Who are we that you have kept us alive up to this end? Who are we? What silver? What gold? What naira? What kobo? What dollar? What pounds? What euro? Can we give in exchange for our lives? It's not enough. The silver on here. And the cattle on the thousand hill, they belong to you. Silver and gold are yours. Lord, thank you for our lives. Thank you for preserving us. As we come back giving you our lives in surrender, in total gratitude, receive in the name of Jesus Christ. As we appreciate life and you giving us the breath of life, all we have are from you. The life to live, the air to breathe, the power to still stay alive, a gift from you. Eternal life, the spiritual life, a gift from you. All that pertain to this life we live in body and in soul, a gift from you. All that pertain to godliness are given from you, Lord. Thank you. As you make us not only understand this, but appreciate them and live the rest of our lives in gratitude and in true thankfulness in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, any area of our life not yielded to you as if it belongs to you. Any area of ambition, 
any area of our thought, any area of our money, any area of our house, any area of our possessions, not yielded to you as if we own them, as if the life will not go tomorrow. Lord, we are sorry. We commit all we are and we have back unto you. Receive us in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, may the sacrifices of our lips, may the free will offering of our hearts and our lives be merciful and acceptable unto you in the name of Jesus. Thank you. As we settle our hearts to not only give in substance, that is the list of the things, but we also give our hearts, our gratitude, our service. Lord, he said that as we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, that is our reasonable worship. That is our acceptable service. May every life here appreciate your grace, your gift, your mercy anew in the name of Jesus Christ. And make us continually thankful, thankful, even for the things we do not yet have, and we know you will supply them. Thankful in advance in the name of Jesus. For the ones you have rolled away, thankful in the name of Jesus Christ. For the ones we are going through, thankful that we know the end that you will supply according to your riches in glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. As you have a heart and a willingness, not only to give you, but also thank you. Be exalted, O God, as you receive from us and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.